I want to speak with you today about how you can be confident in crisis and come out victorious. How you can live confidently and victoriously. Uh, God says we should be confident of this. You who began, he who began a good work, he will not stop but continue it to completion. Amen. So we're going to be spending some time today looking at Acts, Acts 27. It's a fascinating passage of scripture. And it is a, 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 a scripture that talks about Paul and his shipmates who encountered a storm. And, and from this passage, what I want to do is share with you why we experience hardships in life, some of the typical reasons, uh, and how we can overcome them by holding on to what the Bible calls the anchors of our souls. There are three foundational truths that no matter what you're going through in life, however terrible, however dangerous, however uh, desperate it is, God says, hey, here are three things that you should know and you should embrace that, I, that you have as a believer that will get you in and through every, every storm. So uh, God's word uh, teaches us that there are three kinds of storms. There are three kinds of storms. The first is the kind that we bring ourselves. Like, for example, Samson, right? Um, there are certain things that God told him not to do. He did it, and so he bore the consequences of his actions, right? So that's the first kind of, 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 of uh, a storm that we, we encounter. They are self-inflicted. And then they are the kind that God causes. For example, when the disciples were in the boat and they encountered a storm, Jesus told them to go in the boat specifically and says i'll meet you on the other side and jesus directed them to go there and when they went there they encountered a storm and jesus showed up peace be still uh he still the storm he wanted them to teach them a lesson of faith that even when i am not with you i'm still with you and no matter what happens i will see you through so it was a lesson that uh, jesus wanted to show them to bolster their faith and our faith this, the, the, the third kind of storm that we, we, have, we experience in life, these are storms that other people cause. Without a doubt, that's the most challenging. I mean, you are there trying to manage your life, right? Trying to get ahead in life, trying to live your peaceful life. And the actions and the choices of others oftentimes would ricochet onto your life. And it's like, what's going on here? I had nothing to do with this. And this is the case found in Acts 27, uh, where we see this shipwreck narrative uh, Paul is on board. It wasn't his fault, right? Uh, but he encounters such a terrible, terrible, terrible time. Uh, and the message for us is that the storms, hardships in life doesn't play favorites. It happens to everybody, right? Troubles, challenges, difficulties. It happens to Christians. It happens to pastors. happens to missionaries. happens to children. happens to adults. happens to rich folks. happens to the poor, black, white. Every person who is breathing will go through problems in life. And so the question is, how do you deal with them? How do you deal with them? And I believe that in this passage of scripture that we, we, we are going to be looking at in Acts 27 is the recipe on how to be able to confidently go through crisis and come out on the other side victorious. Uh, it teaches us how to be calm in a storm. It teaches us that we, we can have God's confidence and courage to be able to maintain our composure and walk through those valleys, valleys of life that are turbulent, that are rocky, uh, that many times we don't accept it, we don't want it, we don't desire it, but still we'll go through anyway. So here's the background of the story. God had put Paul on the ship. 
they were to go to Rome. This was Paul's heart desire. He wanted to go to Rome. Rome was sort of the, like the Washington D.C. or the New York City or the London or the Toronto or the, the Rome of the world. This is the big city where folk wanted to be there. It was a cosmopolitan city. It was a city of, great, of happenings that day. And Paul said, look, I need to go there and preach the gospel. I need to go there and let Christ be known. In, in, in the capital of the greatest nation in the world where they are all about gods. There's a God for everything. I need to go there and open your eyes to this one and through God. And, and while he was on board, God told Paul to tell the crew not to leave Habo yet because there's a storm coming. So he tells them, he says, look, God has spoken to me that we shouldn't be leaving right now because if we do, we're going to run into a lot of trouble. They ignore what God had told Paul and they got impatient because they, they wanted to go and do their own thing and what happened is they ran into a storm. And, and this is what happens, my brother, my sister, that whatever we ignore the word of God, the will of God, when apparently God has specific things he's told us in his word about our health, our finances, our families, our relationship, about, about life in general. When we ignore what God says, guess what? We will automatically, instantly, immediately, guaranteed run into trouble. And that's what they went into. When we get impatient, we're going to run into a storm in life. I have noticed this in, in my life. Whenever I'm patient and I want to do things outside of God's will, guess what? It, 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 guaranteed, you're going to run into trouble. And I've seen people who got impatient and got married, and we know what happened, right? See, people who get in, impatient to want, you know, get a, the job. You know, the, this is what I want for, for me. And they take all kinds of, 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 of just ungodly ways to be able to get there. We know what happens, right? It doesn't end up well. We get people who are impatient to move. We get people who are impatient to own something. I want this. I really, really want this. And what happens? It doesn't end up well. So when we get impatient, right, we are sailing right into a storm. And this is what we see in this account. So look at the, the, this, this portion of Scripture in Acts 27, verse 9 and 10. It's on the screen. You can find it on Sermon Outline. Uh, those of you who love to go online, go on favorlife.org, Sunday service. You see all our scriptures and key points there. Read with me, Acts 27, 9 to 10. He says, what? Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. So Paul comes and gives them a word. He says, look, I can see this. I sense that. I've had a vision. I have a hunch from God. And now is not the right time for us to move. And yet what happened? They ignore Paul. And they go anyway. And what happened? Interestingly, the passage shows three most common reasons people get in a mess. 2,000 years later, human nature has not changed. These are the same reasons why we ignore what God is saying and run right into a mess in life. So why do we experience storms in life? Why do we experience storms in life? First is this, that we listen to wrong aspects. We listen to who? Wrong aspects, right? Listen to wrong aspects. And so here's what we see that in the account. Look at verse 11 of Acts 29. It says what? It says the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the what? Owner of the ship. They followed the path. Here's the aspect. 
He, he knows what he's doing. He understands everything. He understands forecast. He's picked out there. He's looked into his tools. He's, he's drawn into his experience. And the pilot and the owner of the ship says, we should ignore what Paul is saying, what, what God had told Paul here, and we just need to go. The first reason we get ourselves into a mess is we listen to the wrong aspects. <laughs> Folks, there are a lot of crazy ideas out in the world, and every week there's a new therapy, every week there's a new cult, every week there's a new idea. If you want to follow everything that someone tells you, guess what's happened? You will sail right into a storm in life. Ignoring God's will for your life, your marriage, your finances, your health, your future, your parenting, every area of your life, right? And here, no, this is what so-and-so says. Outside of the will of God will run you into trouble. Everybody has a way and everybody is an expecting something. Just look at social media. People are telling you what to do for your own health. You got to do all these things. If you followed everything that everybody told you in life, you will fail miserably. In business, if you just did everything that you oh, somebody's going to buy this, and you, you, you basically fill your store, if you want to go into business, and you fill your store with every product that's out there on the shelf, because it's good, even every good idea will be bad for you. You go to a store, you says, look, if you sell this, if you, if you bring this in, I'm going to buy it, everybody's going to buy it, they'll tell you, no, 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 no. We, we cannot follow every idea, even though the ideas are good. Even though it's a good idea for my health, even though it may be a good idea for my finances, my growth, if I followed everything, everything, what's good for you, it may not be good for me. And oftentimes we run into a mess where when, we, when we listen to wrong expects, right, by ignoring what God says. Now, what somebody is telling you is in line with God's word, definitely do it. But when it goes afoul, opposite of God's word, you need to ignore it. You know, some people keep asking experts what they think until they find a person that agrees with them in the first place. I mean, oftentimes the reason we, oh, so-and-so said this is because you agree with it. You want to do it, and half the time we want to what? We want validated by saying, oh, this person, lawyer so-and-so said this. This pastor, you can find every pastor who will say something, <laughs> man, that is wrong in your life. So-and-so said this. I mean, particular people who are using scriptures to be able to substantiate, be able to validate something they know is absolutely wrong. So we run into problems when we listen to wrong aspects. Secondly, also, here's how we, we can experience storms in life. When we follow what? Majority opinion. Majority opinion. Look at this portion of scripture in verse 12. Look at, look at verse 12 of our text. It says what? Since the harbor was unsuitable in winter, the majority decided that we should sail on hoping to reach Phoenix and Winter there. This was a harbor in Crete that was facing both southward and northward. The second reason we get ourselves in trouble is sometimes we just take a vote. Everybody's doing this, people say. <laughs> That's the majority opinion. These are things that people are doing, and oftentimes, guess what? The majority is what? Wrong. The fact that everybody is doing it, the fact that most people are doing it, um, doesn't make it right. When Moses was with the people of Israel, the majority wanted to go back to Egypt. They were wrong. And a lot of times we run to a mess in our life, in our finances, in our health, on the job, in our parenting, in, 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 in areas of our lives, when we simply listen to the prevailing opinion or to do the most popular thing. My friends, the most popular thing is not always what's right for you. 
the way, the way we hear it these days is in this little statement. Watch this. But everybody is doing it. Guess what? Not everybody is doing the same thing. Everybody is not doing it. The only thing that everybody alive is doing is breathing. Everyone alive is what? Breathing. Other than that, not everybody is doing everything. And so when we hear, oh, everybody's doing, that's what everybody does, that's what everybody does, that's what everybody does, that's what everybody does. we are this, and that's what we do. That's what Africans do. That's what you know, people from the, the islands do. That's what Americans do. When you're American, you got to do it. No, not everybody from Africa is doing Not everybody from, 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 from any part of the world is doing No, 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 no. Get out of your mind. Get it out of your mind. Not everybody is doing things. The only thing that everybody, you know, that, that's what kids do. That's what seniors do. That's what men do. That's what women do. Wrong, 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 wrong. And that's what they thought they could do. And so look at this. It says what? The majority decided. Majority said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's do it that way. Majority decided we should sail on hoping to reach Phoenix in the winter day. And guess what? It didn't work out for them. So why do we get ourselves into trouble? Or well, most of the time we get ourselves in trouble when we, what, ask the wrong experts and we go with the majority opinion. And the third reason that oftentimes we run into trouble is what, is what, is what, what, we rely on our circumstances, right? We look around us and we allow our circumstances to detect our choices, our actions, our decisions. Now look at this, look at verse number 13 of Acts 29. Acts 29 verse 13, it says, when a gentle, a gentle south wind began to blow, they what? Saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and what? Sailed along to the shore of Crete. Oh, the wind is blowing right now. Everything looks good right now, so we got to go. Opportunity strikes once. If we don't jump on it right now, this is a sale that's coming on. We got to buy it today, even though you don't have money for it. Right? This is our opportunity. This is our opportunity. Look, look, gl glory to God. Look, what's for you, God will never take it away from you. And when you're not sure, wait on God. When you're not sure, ask God, is this for me? Is this choice for me? Should I buy it? Should I make this move? Should I go here? Should I do this? this? With, when it comes to major decisions in your life, wait on God. And God will not deny you. When you wait on God enough, God will assure, give you the assurance in your heart or God will make it uneasy, uneasy for you to pursue that path. Even when you are ready to write that check and make those moves, at the final time you're going to say, I'm not going anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Ask God. Says so he will ask, lacks wisdom, she'll ask me, God says, and I'll give it to them. We get ourselves into trouble, one, typically because we seek advice from the wrong experts. We go with the majority opinion and we rely on our circumstances. Now notice what they said. When a gentle south wind began. <laughs> oh, what could be better for a nice Mediterranean cruise with a gentle wind? The wind is very sweet. It is very cool. It's very gentle. But the fact is this, my brother, my sister, it is crazy to ignore what God says to you even if the circumstances tend to contradict it. 
Paul had already told them. Look at Acts 27 verse 9 and 10. Paul warned them, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives there. I can see that. God told me that I have this vision. I feel it in my spirit that now is not the right time. Even though, even though you guys think that, even though the pilot says so, even though the owner of the ship says so, even though you're looking at prevailing conditions and you say now may be a good opportunity, God says no. It's crazy to ignore what God says to do even when circumstances tend to contradict it. It may look good right now, but my brother, my sister, you are sailing right into a storm. It may look great for a time. Oftentimes we go on our feelings and that's what they did. Oh, we feel it's the right time. We feel it's the right time. Because of what? The, the, the gentle wind. We feel that this is a great opportunity because of what we feel, what we see, what we've heard. And the fact is that our feelings can lie to us. Do you believe that? How many times at hindsight, hindsight, have you realized that it's a mistake? But when you were about to do it, you thought that was the right thing. It just felt right. It felt right. But in hindsight, you say, man, I shouldn't have made this turn. I shouldn't have made this decision. And what the Bible tells us, you should know this portion of scripture. Proverbs 14, 12, it says there is a way that seems right to a person and its end is what? The way of destruction. Well, how do you think the enemy is going to lead you away? He's going to come tell you that you're going to die? He's going to tell you that you're going to lose all your money when you buy this stuff? You think the enemy will tell you what's going to end out of this? He's the liar. He's the, he's the author of confusion. He's the deceiver. And so he will deceive you that this is the coolest thing. People are going to hail you. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to be famous. So what feels good oftentimes may not be what's right if it's contrary to God's word and will for your life. And my brother and my sister, as you, you know, follow the scripture, <laughs> you see what happens. That gentle wind that they felt that it was good and they were confident, they thought this was a great opportunity. Verse 14 and 15 tells us that when they sailed before very long, in other words, in a short amount of time after they have left shore, what? A wind of what? Hurricane force. One more time. Hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind and we gave way to it and were driven along. Now it was basically the, the hurricane is just blowing you afloat. What, what, what was that gentle wind? Now all of a sudden in a short amount of time, that gentle wind has turned into a hurricane. So relying on your circumstances outside of the will of God can really get you into big trouble. So we get ourselves into trouble. We encounter storms and hardships in life. One, when we listen to wrong expects. Two, when we go by the majority opinion. Three, when we listen to our circumstances. Now picture this, right? They said the hurricane came in. Pitch darkness. For 14 days, these folks were in total darkness. Here's a little tiny ship in the middle of the Mediterranean and being bashed back and forth to the point that they throw everything overboard. 
They're about to sink. And so that's what they do, right? You got to lighten the ship. You got to lighten the ship. Water is coming in. And so you got to try. Try what you can. They throw away the ship's tackle. They wouldn't need it, which is the steers the ship, throw it overboard. They throw out all the food. They throw out all the cargo. Now they are very desperate. Look what the Bible tells us in, in, in verse 18 to 20. Verse 18 to 20 of Acts 29. It says what? We took such a what? Violent baron. Help me out. Let's read that together. We took such a what? Violent baron from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. They threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. We finally give up all hope of being saved. In other words, you can hear these people tell you, we're going to die. We're going to die. All the cargo is gone. The ship steer. They just picked it up, threw all the engine overboard, threw all the food away, and what? We are going to die. You can sense the desperation on shore. And the point is this. Why were you dead, dead desperate? The point is this. They had forgotten that God is in control even in the midst of a storm. They gave up everything else and they gave up all hope because they had forgotten that God still has a plan for their lives. And God does even in the midst of your storm, even in the midst of your colossal mistake, even in the midst of something that's terrible, horrible that has happened to you. Whether it came by yourself, whether it came through others, whether it's the will of God for you to go through the storm so he will strengthen you and bring blessing to himself and others. It doesn't matter the cause of it. God still has a plan for your life. And they had forgotten the fact that God can inject hope even in an absolutely, desperately hopeless situation. So they finally, when they forgot all this, they gave up all hope. And the amazing part of this, this, this story is Paul's reaction. So, I mean, everybody's in a panic. <laughs> they are in despair, right? They are hopeless, right? They are discouraged and, and they, 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 they're just down, down. Bible tells us we finally gave up hope. We all hope. Here is Paul's reaction. Paul is calm. He's confident. He's got a courage in the crisis. Absolutely nothing is fading him. He's not perturbed. When we look at this passage, we learn how to be confident in crisis and come out victorious on the other end. And although the natural re reactions is, is, is to be fearful, to be worried, to be discouraged, to be done, down, as Christ followers, my brother, my sister, we don't have to have these reactions because we have what? Anchors to hold on to in the midst of the storm. Anchors to hold on to. Paul's reaction was one of confidence. And my brother, my sister, in crisis, that's, that's, that's the test of your faith. That's the test of your faith. You see, it's easy to become a believer. It's easy to act like a believer. When your prayers are getting answered, when you are flushed with cash, when you have perfect health, when your income is growing, when your family is growing, everything is fantastic in your life, it's easy to be a Christian like that. But the test of your faith is how you handle it when problems come in. The test of your faith is when you are tempted, 
when you are at the point of despair and you are drifting and it, that your your situation is throwing everything out of the window your situation has thrown your job out of the window thrown your marriage out of the window thrown your peace out of the window thrown your health out of the window just like these people did. everything was gone all they have is them right now that is the test of your faith amen <gasps> Character is revealed in crisis. It's not made in crisis. You see, your character is made, your character is developed through the day-to-day, -day, the little mundane things, the choices, the actions, how you react to things. When God blesses you, how you react to that. When you go through challenges, how you react to that. Every day, every day, that's what forms your character. But it gets revealed, your true character gets revealed in the heat. In the heat. A person of faith is not just one who's praying every day, one who's rejoicing and praising God, but a person of faith demonstrates their true faith in God. When the rubber meets the road, when they lose their job, when their marriage isn't working, when they go through inevitable storms in life, and the Bible says in this world you're going to have trouble. How do we handle that? How do we handle that? Now, God teaches us that, hey, there are anchors, anchors, anchors. And we see the word anchors in this portion of scripture. And I want to I want to use that to be able to share with you these formidable, unchanging foundational anchors that you and I have as believers. Look at Acts 27-29. It says, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they what? Dropped four anchors. What? They dropped forward? Forward? Forward, anchors from the stern, and they prayed for daylight. And God said, I've given you anchors also that when you're going through a storm in life, I want you to drop those anchors. No matter the force of the storm, no matter the, the financial channel, no matter the health channel, no matter the relationship channel, no matter what's going on, either, it, it, no matter what the, what, the, what the battle is, he says, here are anchors that I want you to hold on to and drop. While you are shaking, I want you to hold on to these anchors. You want to know what those anchors are? <laughs> Amen. Oh, the Bible tells us that we have these anchors. It calls them the anchors of our soul. And I want to give you these three truths, three truths. Therefore, whatever situation that you're going through, oh, my Lord. And we find them in Acts 27. So let's jump right into it. The first is this. The first is this. What are these anchors to hold on to in a storm? Amen. The first is this. Here's what we've got to understand. Storms cannot hide the face of God. I must hold on to what? God's presence. Storm will hide the face of your future. Hide the face of your loved ones. Storm will even eliminate stuff that just like it throwing everything on board. Storms in life could eliminate everything that you hold dear to. But what? They can never hide the face of God. They can never blow away your God. And so in, the sh in seasons of storm, I must do what? Hold on to God's presence. And that's the first uncle. God's presence that we have. And we see that in verse 22. Look at Acts 27, verse 22. Acts 27, 22. Paul is speaking. He says, now I advise you to have courage. Now these are folks who are shaking like a leaf. Right? They are terrified. They are worried. They have lost all hope. It is pitch dark for 14 days. Oh, no, it's darkness. The ship is just being battered by a hurricane. 
Oh my goodness. If any of you have, have, have experienced something even close to that, coming close to that, just watch a do documentary of what, how a hurricane literally takes houses, blows them off, takes businesses, wipes them off. A whole city is just gone. We hear nations that are decimated. 14 days they were in a hurricane. And Paul gets up and says, hey, I want to advise you to have courage. And I will tell you, God spoke to me. No one will lose his life. Only the ship will be destroyed. I know this because an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me last night. The food is gone. The ship steer and engine is gone. All the cargo is gone. And we can't even hold on to anything else. But guess who? Guess who I'm holding on to? God is with me. God is with me. His presence will never leave you. Even in the midst of the storm. I'm a creature to myself today. Glory to Almighty God. He says God stood by me. And he will stand by you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on to God's presence. Glory to Almighty God. And this is what God wants you to realize. The storm can never hide the face of God. Can never hide the presence of God. And he says this, and you should know this. He says, I know this. I know that we're going to be okay. I know that this too shall pass. I know we are in a pitch darkness, but light will shine someday. I know that good will come out of this situation. I know there's a better day coming. I know this. You should know this. When tears are running down your cheeks, when you get the bad news, when you get the news that your loved one has passed away, when the bill comes in, you can't pay it. When the doc doctor tells you this is a diagnosis, this is a diagnosis, even on your deathbed, that you have a few days that the disease is going to be the very last that will take you out of this world, you should know this. You should know this, that the God you belong and whom you serve is standing right by your side. Glory to Almighty God. You don't need anybody to tell you. In spite of everything that you know, you've seen, you've felt, you've experienced, the wind is still blowing in your face. The bills are still piling down on the kitchen table. The sickness is still in your body. But this is what you should know. The God. The God whom I belong and whom I serve, he stood by me. And the first anchor in a crisis, my brother, my sister, that you should hold on to is what? The presence of God. God's presence. Storms, hardship, sicknesses, challenges, problems, delays, denial of people can never hide the face of your God. You may not see God, but he sees you. He sees you. He knows you. Glory to Almighty God. You may think he's a million miles away, but he's never a million miles away. All who may walk away from you, but God will never walk away from you. And his presence is your first anchor. The storms of life can never hide God's face. Over and over again, the scripture tells us this, doesn't it? Over and over again, God tells us this confidently. Look at this. Look at Hebrews 13, 15. God has said, look at the two nevers. Never would I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Why do you think God repeats this? 
Why would God say, I want you to understand this. Beyond your doubts, beyond your fears, beyond your concerns, beyond your worry, beyond everything that you've heard, you say, I don't know about this. Pastor Mike, I don't know about this. He says, understand this. Never, never will I. Never. That would never. You can feel it. Never will I. No matter what's going through, I will never leave you. No matter your sickness, no matter your pain, no matter your challenges, no matter what you've never experienced, no matter what your ancestors, your neighbors, your friends have never said, I will never, 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 no matter what, no matter what, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the crisis is, no matter, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, and God says, you ought to hold on to this anchor, glory to Almighty God. Look at what Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, 20. Amen. He says, be sure of this. Be sure of this. I am with you always, always, even till the end of age. You say, where is God when I have a bad dream? Where is God when I'm scared? Where is God when my marriage is on the rock? Where is God when there's death in my family? Where is God when I'm sick? Where is God when I run into an accident? Where is God when I get? He says, always, 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 always means always in every station, every situation, every crisis, every storm in life. Where is God? I am with you always. I am with you 24-7. 24-7. He says, I want you to be sure of this. You got to be, you got to tell your way heart. You got to tell you with tears running on your cheeks. You say, I'm sure God is here. I'm sure God will make a way. I'm sure God will come through. I'm sure God is on my side. Glory to Almighty God. Look at what Jesus tells us in John 14. Yes, Jesus is leaving. He tells the disciples and he tells us. John 14, 16 to 17. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another word, advocate. To do what? To help you. <laughs> and be with you. Oh, how long? Forever. He will never leave you. He is what? The Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of Jesus is with you forever. The Spirit of Jesus is your advocate, is your counselor, is your fighter, is your warrior, is your helper, is your guide, is your friend, is your husband. Everything else may get wiped out by the storms in life, but it says, my spirit, the spirit of Jesus, I will never leave you. I will help you. I will be with you forever. And over and over again, my brother, my sister, scripture tells us, it says you ought to have huge comfort that when you're going through anything in life, you are not by yourself. God is with you. So the first anchor you've got to remember is this, is that the storms in life cannot hide the face of God. I must hold on. I must hold on. Amen to God's presence. Glory to God. Here's the second anchor. Here's the second anchor. Fearing that will be dashed against the rocks, they dropped anchors. The storms cannot change the purpose of God for my life. My destiny is secured in God. God is not a man to change his mind. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at this. Let's look at this from oh, verse 23 and 24 of our text. Uh, Acts, Acts. Amen. I love this portion of scripture. Acts 29 verse 34. Here's Paul speaking. He says, this angel, this angel of the Lord stood by me. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. 
He says, God's got a plan for you. You're going to end up in Rome. You are in, in, on the Mediterranean now. There's darkness. There's hunger. <laughs> the boat is being riveted. But I want to tell you that you, you, you will end up, you will be in Rome. <laughs> God's plan will come to pass despite the opposition, despite the challenge, despite the difficulty, despite the weakness, despite the hardship. Glory to Almighty God! Glory to God saying, I have a plan for you. Oh, my Lord. And we pray that today. We pray that today, Jeremiah. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a good future. And God said, my plans, my plans don't get changed because there are problems. I have a purpose for you. And you, you will go to Rome. You're going to preach in Caesar's court. Because my purpose for your life is greater than the temporary storm you're going through. Say that with me. God's purpose for my life is greater than the storm that I'm going through. One more time. God's purpose for my life is greater than the storm that I'm going through. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The purpose of God is your anchor. Is your anchor. Is your anchor. Now, here's what you've got to understand as a child of God. Here's what you understand as a friend of God. As a Christian, you must have a sense of destiny. Every day you are alive, where God's not finished with you. You say, Pastor Mike, you don't understand. I'm grown old and my best days are, are behind me. No, they're not behind you. You ain't seen nothing yet. If God has been good to you, there's more. If you've heard or read of the goodness of God, God's not through with you. The best is yet to come. You've got to live with a sense of destiny. Destiny. You're going somewhere bigger and better. Greater things are yet to come in your life. Say that with me. Greater things are yet to come in your life. And you've got to realize that live with a sense of divine destiny. Live with a sense of purpose for your life. And I've said this over and over again and, and here in this church. And let me repeat, let me repeat this. No person is ever born by accident. Regardless of the circumstances of your birth, when God conceived you in your mama's womb, he had a great purpose for your life. And he said, this is, this is, this is, I'm going to use these two DNAs to bring you. To, God had a, has a plan for your life. And you're not just here on planet Earth to, to occupy space and air. God's got a plan and he's not finished with you because the minute God is finished with you, you will breathe the air that you breathe, that God's breath, the heart that is beating that God gives you, the minute, the minute God doesn't need you anymore, it will stop. You are alive today because God is not finished with you. Now, here's a choice you've got to make. You can either accept God's plan, God's destiny for your life, or you could reject it. But no matter what happens on the outside, no one can take that plan, that purpose of God for your life. The only person who can either accept or reject God's plan for your life is you. Hello? No circumstance, no person, no demon, no human being, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. Nothing can take that away from you. Nobody. They didn't give it to you. They can't take it away from you. The only person who can either accept it or reject it is you. And so regardless of what's happening, you've got to hold on to the anchor to say, God is with me and his purposes will still come to pass. A better day will come. This too shall pass. The will of God will come to pass. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because God is not finished with me. Jeremiah 29, 11, you ought to memorize this portion of scripture. 
God is speaking into your life. In every situation, even in bad times, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. These are my plans for your life 24-7. He says, I haven't forgotten this plan. And the storm, the sickness, the trouble, the pain, the death, the financial hardship, whatever is happening, whatever you are living today or live tomorrow, it will never change God's plans for your life. And that's an anchor God wants us you to hold on to. When Paul said, folks, 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 let me say something to you. I know you are shaking like a leaf. But I'm here to tell you, don't be afraid. Take courage. We're going to end up in Rome. Amen. And this too shall pass. So what are the anchors of your soul that you've got to hold on to in times of crisis? Number one, the presence of God. God is with us. At any time in point, God never leaves you. The purpose of God is greater than any situation that you will experience. Let me give you a third one. God's presence. God's purpose. The third is this. Storms can never destroy. Storms here, this life storms can never destroy the child of God. Therefore, I must what, rely on God's promises. Say that with me so it sinks into your heart, please. The storms cannot destroy the child of God. So I must what, rely on God's promises. Look at what Paul tells them. People who are heartbroken, scared, worried, afraid pitch dark, getting buffeted by a hurricane. Paul gets up in verse 25 of our text, Acts 29, he says, so keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. His promises are yeah, amen. God's word will come to pass. This too shall pass. Nothing will disrupt God's purposes for our life and his promises will come through just as he's told me, just as his word says, it shall come to pass. And this is the third anchor. God's promise. God, you hold on to the word of God. You hold on to the truth of God. Oh, heaven and earth shall pass away. But God's word will remain forever. The storms in life cannot hide the face of God. Oh, hold on to his promise. The storms of life cannot change, cannot change the purposes of God. And so wake up every day with a strong awareness that you are living on God's destiny. Destiny will come to pass. God's plans will be fulfilled in your life. No matter what, oh my Lord, has gone on in your life. And third, storms can never destroy a child of God. Because God's promises are rock solid. God's promises are unchangeable. Glory to Almighty God. Paul reacted to this message from God and he told the scared, discouraged sailors. You see, Paul must have believed it when he heard it from God. And so what he says, I, I want to tell you something. When God came and stood by me and told me that I am with you and told me that I'm going to be in Rome, I believed it. I believed it. And so now Paul applied it to his life. 
keep your courage man for I have faith God told me I heard it now I am applying it to my life and I want you to apply it to it you better have faith that it shall come to pass you better take God at his word you better hang on to his promises glory almighty God his word will never leave you don't dismiss it oh don't dismiss it don't put your faith in the storm don't put your faith in the hardships don't say bad things are going to happen we're going to die we're going to fail it's going to get horrible no dismiss it dismiss it doubt your doubts and believe in the promises of almighty God I have faith that it shall come to pass and that's what you need to do see God's word is unchanging but do you believe it do you receive it do you accept it do you now inject it inject it into your life do you vaccinate yourself with the promise of God you gotta wear like a tattoo wear like a t-shirt While your body is hurting, bills can't be paid. While inflation is rising in the economy, goods and services are going through the roof. All kinds of difficult things are happening all over the world. You tell yourself, I have faith that it will happen. I have faith that it will happen. I have faith that it will happen. Amen. I have faith that, come on, somebody help me. I have faith that it will happen. Just ask, just ask, exactly as the word says. Exactly, exactly. Even though these promises may be outrageous, these promises may be far reaching, these promises may be unbelievable, but I believe that nothing is impossible for God. I believe that all things are possible with God. I believe that He's a miracle worker, He's a way maker. I believe that God can call, oh my Lord, children even out of stone. God can raise the dead to come to life. God can call the things that are not It shall come to pass just as it was said. I can't explain it, but I believe. I believe the promises of God. My, 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 my. Oh, somebody, the sound of my voice, you may be going through devastating crisis in your life. This may be a hard time for you. Your problems may be overwhelming. And you think you're going to go under for the last time. That this is it. This is it. This is, this is what's going to push you under. You may be at a place in your life where it's like, Pastor Mike, look at this. I've lost my boat. Like these folks, you say, Pastor Mike, I've lost all the cargo on board. You say, Pastor Mike, I've lost the steering wheel. I've lost control, lost control of my life, my family, lost control of my kids, lost control of my health. I've lost control of my journey, lost control of my aim in life. I've lost control, lost control. You may even be getting a word. You say, Pastor Mike, look at me. Look at me. It's like a wet blanket over me. I can't lift it off. I can't shake off these blues. I can't shake off this depression. I can't shake off this worry. These tears. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. But I'm here to tell you that you are going to make it because of the promises of God that are yet. Amen. And you want to say to yourself, God says it. I receive it. It shall come to pass. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. That settles it. That's I'm living, I'm living in faith and victory that I will live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here's what the angel told Paul. 
and it tells you. It says, Paul, Acts 29, verse 24b, read that with me. Paul, God have graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Everybody in the boat is going to be saved because of you. <laughs> Amazing portion of scripture, isn't that? What does this tell you and I? It tells me, it tells me that the safest place to be is to be around godly people. You hook yourself to somebody who's closer to God, who's aspiring to be with God, who believes and trusts the word of God, who prays, who holds on to the word of God, and guess what? There will be an extension of that anointing over you. Even when you can't pray, there will be praying people. And you reach out, reach out and connect yourself. Amen. He says, look, <laughs> these people are not praying. They are worried, they are scared, they are afraid, but guess what? They're going to be saved because what? You are my child. You are faithful. You are obedient. You are hopeful. Glory to Almighty God. And so I'm going to save you. I'm going to save them because of you. Isn't that the same thing God said to Abraham? He says, God told Abraham, Abraham, just because you've said so, I am not going to destroy the nation of Sodom if I can just find five righteous people. If there are five righteous people, uh, the whole nation will be saved just because of five people. See, Pastor Mike, you don't understand. Be that light in your family. Be that salt in your family. Be that connection in which God touches your spouse. God touches your children, your grandchildren. You'll be up in heaven and you're going to see, some of you are realizing right now, how your generation is getting blessed. Not because they are praying or they are reaching out to God, but because God is faithful to you and God is graciously blessing them because of your faith, because of your allegiance and your trust and your obedience to Almighty God. If somebody receives that say amen and uh, glory to almighty God it says God's promises have far reaching implications not only for your life but a life of the people around you oh so what do I do while I'm waiting on God to fulfill his promise some of you are right there right now these may be dark days for you, and you don't like it. You're feeling discouraged. Today, you came to church, or anyone who's hearing this message, or later on, where, wherever this message goes, is the Lord that's causing you to hear this message. It's not an accident. And God is speaking to you. He says, hang on. Don't give up. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on that relationship. Don't give up on your health. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your destiny, what God has called you for, no matter those hardships. But this is what you've got to do while you are hanging on. God says, I am with you. Hold on to the presence of God. Your, your storm has not hidden, has not blown away God's presence. So hold on to God. Hang on to the purposes of God. Your storm cannot change what God has for you. What God has for you, nobody can take it away from you. It's only you that can either reject it or accept it. So you hold on to God's purposes. Realize that whatever you're going through, it shall come to pass. Whatever is here today, you're not going to see it. That God will bring a good, good thing out of what's bad, out of evil, out of difficulty. 
And so your life is secure in the hands of God. Say that to yourself. My life is secure in the hands of God. Say that. My life is what? Secure in the hands of God. And God is in control. What? Tell yourself. Tell your situation. Tell it to somebody. Say that. Say that. What? God is in control. One more time. God is in control. Now, anchor number one, the presence of God. Anchor number two, the purpose of God. Anchor number three, the promise of God. And what I will say to you that God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. His promises, he won't regain. He's not, he's not a man. He's not a human being that should speak and turn his back on his word. He's faithful. Everything I've shared with you, we can find that really come together very nicely. Not only in this narrative, but we can see that in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 to 20. Let's pick it up. Look at Hebrews 6, verse 17 to 20. Note these things. Purpose, promises, presence. God's purposes, God's promises. Amen. God's presence. Read that with me. He says what? God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his word. Purpose very clear to his children that it cannot be broken. He made a vow. God cannot tell lies. And so his promises and vows are two things that can never be changed. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. This hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. Jesus has gone there ahead of us and he is what? Our high priest forever. That's God's presence. Jesus is in heaven. As our high priest interceding for us forever. Not only is he seated in heaven. His spirit is living in us. The transcendent God has become a personal God. The unseen God has become an intimate God. What a friend we have in Jesus. He is with us. His presence is with us. You see these three anchors. God's purpose. God's promise. And guess what? He's our high priest forever. Seated at the right hand of God. Interceding for us. And what? Living inside of us. Glory to God. His presence is empowering you. His presence is leading you. And oh, his promises overshadowing you as the anchors of your soul. Oh, my brother, my sister, no matter what you're going through right now, will you find hope in Christ? Hold on to this hope, the anchor of your soul. Jesus, your presence, be with everyone here, everyone who is online right now or later will hear this message. Flood their lives with your sweet presence. Oh God, come and tower over them. Come and overshadow them right now, Lord God, with your presence, Lord God. And in every life, everyone that has breath, that, that is not functioning in their God-given destiny. Today, God, reorder their steps. Rearrange their life. Move their life in concert with your good purposes for their life, Lord God Almighty. And Father, I pray, I pray, I pray. Promises that are yea and amen. The promises 
oh God, that is to uplift and to bless and to lead and to guide and to promote and to transform and to deliver your people, Lord God Almighty. Rain those blessings, rain those promises to come to pass in the name of Jesus. Oh my Lord, you are unstoppable. Whatever is standing in the way of your people, Lord God, tear down walls, remove barriers, destroy opposition and oppression, Lord God Almighty. Take them from every storm that they are in now or yet to go in and Paul, get them out victorious the way you did Paul and those sailors. You bless your people mightily good today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, my brother, my sister, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, why do you want to wait? God's presence, his purposes, his promises are available to his children. This is what he calls their rights. He says what? All who believed and received him, he gave them the right to become God's children. These are rights that are exclusive to only God's children. Will you open your heart and receive Christ as your Savior today? And let him bring you in, into the tent, the family of God right now. It's very simple. Pray this prayer with me by faith. Mean it. And the blood of Jesus, the grace of God that came through his shed blood, will cleanse you of all your sins and make you one with Christ right now. Pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for loving me. Even when I didn't love you. You say you loved us so much that you came to die. That when we believe in you, we will have eternal life. So today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. And you rose from the dead. And today you are alive in heaven. And so today, let your precious blood save me and make me whole. Thank you for making me one of your children. And Lord God Almighty, every plan that you have for my life, I desire it. Bring the past in my life. And all your promises, speak it to my heart. Tell me what to do. Show me where to go. Make me one of your agents that you will use to fulfill your purposes. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen.